Alan McLaughlin, Radio Sports Commentator. Welcome to White Line Fever. Mascord needs a haircut and go Credence Clearwater Revival. John Fogarty, greatest outside centre I've ever seen. Welcome to uh, episode 37 and my guest here is uh, Rangi Chase and it was a, a big win uh, for England over France today. There, are they? Uh, but for you it was important though, the scoreline was secondary because you've missed the whole tournament until today. Yeah I have, I've been watching um, but I've been uh, putting in hard training and you know I got, didn't get picked last week and um, made me train harder so I got the nod this week and I'm very grateful and, you know, it was a good performance, and you know, it would have been good if they were to zero, but credit to them, they Jake one there and there. It was a um, groin injury, wasn't it? You did it in South Africa, so did that mean you got to go on all the safaris and stuff in South Africa, but you didn't actually have to do any training? Is that how it worked? Or? Yeah, I picked it up the second day, which is unfortunate because I was really, really fit. It's probably the fittest I've been in a few years. I've just got a bad bad pain, really bad pain, I couldn't really walk for a couple of days and it sort of went away and I was keen to train but we had to do the right thing and sort of specialist when I got back and um, gave me the all clear and so I came into training and you know, put myself in the mix again. Mate, how important is it do you think for England to win the first game next year against Australia because then hopefully you'd force Australia and New Zealand to play in a semi-final, like is it important, is that, is that big First game of the tournament, really important for England more than anyone else, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a long way away. Um, Australia, man, are the best in the world. Um, things like this is good for us, not only on the field, but off the field as growing together as a um, family sort of thing. Get that family spirit. Um, you know, I think we're all bonding, you know, getting together, and that's awesome. It's a good feeling. Um, but as far as playing them, you know, that. You know, we, we want to um, prepare as well as we can to, to play against Australia, and this is all part of it. Um, now, yourself, um, you were talking to St George Illawarra maybe about returning. What happened? What, why, why didn't things work out there? Oh, yeah, we had a, uh, talking to them, but nothing nothing conquered there. Just talk. Um, didn't end up going. But, you know, I'm, I'm here at Custerford and ready to go with them. There was also some talk of maybe you switching clubs within England, wasn't there? But were you, were you off contract or you were always going to be? What's the situation with the Cats? Was that only just been sorted out recently? Or? No, well, it was a long story. I had a chance to go, but mm-hmm. also didn't work out. Um, but I was always happy at Cats, you know. But mm, as, a, as a rugby player, you know, opportunities come up and you've got to do what's best for your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people don't like it if you. If you talk about going to other clubs, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we only got short careers. We got to do what's best for us, us and our family. So you got to put them first, and you know things didn't work out. But for our, by going there, but we we're always happy to stay at Cass because we, you know, we've got a young family, we've got a house there, and we're always, always happy. It's just you can't help that when clubs come in for you, you can't just say no, 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 thanks on my own. You gotta gotta have a look and see what's about because like I say, I probably probably won't even be playing still in ten years. So you've got to do what's best for yourself and um, all those sorts of things like it, um, they come, you know, they, they people always circle around you. Um, you know, but you just gotta do what's best for yourself and I've, I think we've made the right choice. 
if, if, you, if you go back to the NRL eventually or if you'd done it next year, you still would have remained with England, wouldn't you? Same as Brent Webb, I suppose. You know, He qualified for New Zealand under residency and even when he came over here, he kept playing for New Zealand, didn't he? So, similar situation for you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, also, play for England, I can't... I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, no, thanks. You know, I'll grab the chance, like, every chance I can to, to put on the shirt. Yeah. got a young English flam- family here, got a young English boy, half Kiwi, half English. So it'd be good you know, to play, and then hopefully one day he looks up to me and he wants to do the same. Thanks, Rick. Another beer 
this is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you listen to White Lion Fever. Okay, welcome back to the program. And our uh, next guest is Mike Tramp. And I'm not going to start the interview off on a bad foot by mentioning his, the band he's best known for. I'm going to introduce him as a former Tasmanian resident. Um, <laughs> now, in Tasmania, it gets pretty wet, but it doesn't get this cold, does it? It's, a diff- you know, it's different when you're, it's raining and you're out in nature than it, when you're in the city, you know. And tell us, I mean, well, a lot of our listeners in, are in Australia. Tell us about your background with Australia. You lived there for, for quite some time. Well, I moved there with my ex-wife and my child um, in 1991 to start a kind of like a new life. And uh, it was a great time when uh, when it lasted. And I have uh, I have a great relationship with Australia. And this, this year I'm returning to do two shows in, in uh, Melbourne and Sydney on the uh, 14th of uh, February and the 17th of uh, February in Sydney. Tell us what it was like touring in Australia because um, White Line maybe didn't get the airplay in Australia that they did in the US or, or Europe. So did you have to introduce yourself to Australian audiences? Was it a bit of a harder sell than maybe it is here in London? Well, actually not. I mean, you know, 80s fans around the world or 80s fans anywhere there are. Um, it wasn't that like I expected a, lot, expected a lot in Australia. I just I just took it on to do some shows while I was there and so on and so on. And um, I knew that it was going to be a long shot to ever really have a, a you know a career that would really get bigger and bigger and become national. So it was really just uh, you know say hi to the old mates. <laughs> now this is uh, in in Europe. It's a, it's sort of an acoustic uh, tour. When you go to Australia, is it going to be just you, a guitar, and the audience, or are you going to have a backing band? It's just me. Right. And this is basically sort of like whenever you hear the name Mike Tramp by himself that's what it will be in the future right okay so and what's the alternative in future like what what do you think uh, if it's not just Mike Tramp are you going to form another band under another name or is it no plans well no of course there's plans it's just really just a matter of separating the, 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 the different things it's separating you know the things that uh, you know when I'm doing new music and when I'm performing under my own name um, not like I, I have performed under any other name but my own name uh it's just it's it's sort of just where I want to be heading in the direction of, of playing the songs in in an acoustic format and and staying with that and and when I move out with a band I will be doing you know the white line or the freak of nature stuff full band. Right. We're going to divide this interview up um, into three um, and maybe if if it's okay with you get you to pick a song any song in the history of recorded music if you like but I assume you might want to pick one of your own. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> we'll pick one of my own. Yeah. Which which one would you like? Is it for you to play or is it for for you to talk about? Well, actually, if you, uh, we could be great if we could introduce it with a bit of a story. So, uh, give us a song and a story if you like. Oh, okay. Well, that that's what I sort of do on stage at night. Uh, <laughs> let's just take for let this play "Broken Heart." It's a song that started everything for White Line. It was the first song that Vito and I wrote together in 1983 when we got together for the first time to test if we really could uh, could uh, write songs together. And obviously, you know, we proved that it did. So. You know, Broken Heart is the start to everything you know about my tramp. Here I stand All alone Trying to fight the pain for my broken heart Where she left me I thought that love could last forever 
this is Nash Cato and King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Okay, that was Broken Heart from White Line, and uh, we're making up for the fact that uh, this week's episode, the sound quality is pretty terrible in a couple of interviews. Because to compensate for that, I've actually come into a proper recording studio. It's the first time we've actually been in a professional studio in White Line Fever, and that is because it's a sort of a simulcast, kind of, with a forty twenty podcast, which has a lot more listeners uh, than my podcast. So I'm hoping Ooh. to ride, hoping to ride the back, hoping to ride the back <laughs> of the popularity of uh, forty twenty. Uh, everyone around the desk, introduce yourselves. Stand with me. Yep. I'm Tony Hannon, the editor at large of 4020 magazine. And I'm sadly not with you, Steve. My name's Brian Noble. I've coached the Pommy team, the Great Britain Rugby League team, and Wigan and Bradford, and so I'm a rugby league coach. And I am last and, and least. Uh, I'm Richard Stead. I'm the rugby league commentator and correspondent for Yorkshire Radio and the host of the aforementioned 4020 podcast. How do you feel having someone else kind of run things for four minutes is it, is it, is it unusual well th- just so everybody i'm still pressing the buttons so you still <laughs> got to you still got to be very careful what you say now i'm sure the listeners are interested it's the middle of the off season and uh, we're we're in leeds uh, and we've got a world cup coming up uh, we'll know who's won the world cup in 12 months um the state of the game quickly uh, the st- what the state of the game in england in in a sentence uh in a sentence from the three of you Oh, uh, it's anticipating a big year next year, like Australia really, but um, it's a huge season 2013 with the World Cup at the end of it, obviously, uh, and it's going to be a long season as well. So I think a lot of people are pinning a lot of hopes on it, both in terms of creating greater sponsorship awareness, because we're struggling for that, um, and also after last year, which frankly the Super League season wasn't that great in terms of action. Uh, We need a better year this year. (laughs) Nah, disappointing 2012, 2013, come on, we've got to improve. Yeah, good playoffs, poor regular season, in my opinion, in 2013. Big year, big year coming up, and uh, hopefully, hopefully a good World Cup. Brian, you've got a book coming out. I have. Interesting background to that. You wrote it before you had a book deal, before anyone even suggested that you actually put it out to the public. What's the story there? Uh, Finished coaching. I didn't finish, hopefully waiting for the next gig, if that ever comes (laughs) along. And so in the boredom, uh, sat and scribbled down four pads of uh, notes and put it together, pieced it together, got a lot of my friends that are in sport and in business to to qualify some of the chapters that I've written. You know, people like Mickey Rourke, the Hollywood actor, and Martin O'Neill, famous football manager over here, Michael Vaughan, captain of the 2005 winning Ashes team against Australia. So people like that, Linford Christie, the athlete, and some great names from rugby league, of Sean Edwards, Jason Robinson, Jonathan Davis, and I'm really pleased with it and proud of it. This time, almost exactly to a week, I was... Here in Leeds, and I was in a little dressing room with a band called Stone Rider who were opening for Europe, and um, they were struggling so much that they are actually getting on Facebook every day and finding somewhere to sleep, like they're sleeping on fans' floors. Um, maybe the lucky ones weren't on the floor here in the band. <laughs> so that's this time last week. So we'll, after this next song, we will hear from Stone Rider, uh, also from here in Leeds. But before that, uh, Brian Noble is going to give us a song request, uh, a rock song. I told him he wanted to play techno, he wanted to play Coldplay, oh, yeah. but uh, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely a techno. No type, if you have a look at him. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you want to play, Brian? You uh, have found a rock singer. A bit of George Formby, is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of Louis Armstrong. He was a rock singer, was it? No, I think we'll go for Pearl Jam and uh, Last Kiss. Awesome. And uh, everyone, if you if there is anyone out there who listens to my podcast and not 4020, have a listen to 
Hi, this is Nick Barker, and you're on White Line Fever. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program, and um, I'm here in uh, uh, warm, balmy Leeds with uh, uh, with Stone Rider, and um, they were telling me before I hit record um, just about how much work is involved in this tour. They're touring Europe with Europe, which is you would think would be a plus, but uh, uh, Jason, uh, you were saying that uh, it's uh, there's a lot of uh, logistics involved, and it's it's pretty tough on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, for sure, but it it is a total plus. I mean, touring with Europe with Europe is. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. The joke was that next we were going to tour Asia with Asia <laughs> and maybe America with America. I'm not sure if they're playing together right now. But So, guys, what do you, um, what you, you're saying it's almost like, like couch surfing. You know, you're finding yourself somewhere to stay each night. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were kind of thinking uh, at first, because this is what we do in the U.S., you know, we just uh, play a show, and then afterward it's like, well, does anybody have somewhere to sleep? And that is... Uh, that's a real last-minute way to do a tour in Europe. So uh, Jason pretty much spends uh, most of the day trying to figure out like where where we're going to be staying, and then failing that, we'll you know sleep in the van or on somebody's floor or something. So how did you guys actually get this support? Like, is there a story behind it, or is it pretty straightforward? Or? Uh, Joey um, asked their manager to email us. Yeah. Um, so Europe just because they liked us, just invited us. It's pretty cool. Right. And how do you, you, you were saying before that you're not exactly sort of uh, making a massive profit each day, so how, how do you raise the money to do this, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't really want to talk about like how we're paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we sell merch, and that's how we make our money. Okay, and are you already seeing payback in the UK from um, fans and, and a better response? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I was telling you, the, the Stone Writers group on Facebook has been hugely supportive. They've just been really awesome, and they're a network of, of people who are fans of basically just rock music. And so through the Rival Sons and through Vintage Trouble and a number of other bands, all of these people know each other because they're all part of these bands' groups, like fan groups. And so everywhere we go, at least in the UK, every night we're meeting new people that are a part of this group that we're talking with online. And yeah, it's really exciting to, to see that. I mean, it's just, it's surprising, actually, to me, that there's so many people who are, like, interested in, in our group that we've never met, we don't know anything about, and they just come right up to us and say, hey, I'm Stone Riders. It's awesome. Uh, let's uh, play a song. Uh, anyone got, want to pick one? Yeah. When I was young. Any story behind it? Stand the right song.
Uh. I got a white line fever Going around land down under Going to turn around the corner way down yonder <laughs> And I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.